My first time. I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No, no relation. <laughs> Happy April Fools, by the way. It's April Fools. Oh Day yeah. Uh, Jennifer, my sister, related to me. Not related to me. Uh, <laughs> thought we should have done first April Fool or first. But prank. we just did prank. Oh, and no, she was mad that this month's theme was oh. the next month's theme because it didn't fit. With she the should month. be mad. She's going to be mad again when she finds out that we did Mother on April first, not May first, which that's would make more sense. Yes, yeah, of course she would say that. that. She's a very smart person. Sorry to misrepresent you. Sorry, Jennifer. With us, as always, is uh, Ian Smith. Hello! Related to me. Not related to me. And for this month's theme of motherhood, we have the guests, Kristen Susson. Howdy do. Michelle No. And Abby Cohen, who is... Related to me. But not to me. It's This is the longest we've ever been able to do that bit in the podcast. Very excited. All right, Mary Jo, start with that. Okay, um, I don't have kids, the end. No. Um, <laughs> so this is what I'll say about uh, kids. Like, I when, I, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I thought for sure I was going to have kids. And even, like, if you look at my, my mother's already <laughs> laughing. Um, oh, wow. If you looked she at, knew. like, my journals, I would, I had lists of names. Now, of course, they were, like, when I was a kid, the names were, like, Crystal and Alexis, because I was very influenced the by Dynasty. Kids, that's okay. I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> very influenced by Dynasty. So, <laughs> Crystal and Alexis and things like that. Um, and then... Um, and then I think, you know, I, uh, through my 20s and into my 30s, I um, dated a lot of people but never found the right person. And I always thought, like, well, the, the right person is going to come before the kid. Like, that made sense. That felt right for me. And that was sort of what I thought, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to – I think that I thought – and I didn't know this until later, but I think I thought, like, I think a lot of us think, like, you're going to grow up, and you're going to get married, and you're going to have kids. Like, that's what you do. It's one <laughs> of the things that you do. And I don't know that anybody ever said that to me. Certainly my mother never said, like, that's something I had to do. <laughs> uh, right, Mom? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I really think I thought that I assumed that I would. But the truth is I had never asked myself the question, do you want to have kids? Mm-hmm. And so when, when I got to, like, the um, point where my biological clock was louder than anything else on the planet, mm-hmm. and you're in that place of, like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I'm running out of time, I'm running out of time, I'm gonna, when am I going to do this, I'm going to do this. When I was dating a guy... Uh, that I was not all that into. I mean, I liked him a lot, but he, I knew I wasn't going to, like... I wasn't going to have a kid with him, much less <laughs> marry him. Um, and uh, so I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a kid by artificial insemination. This was not unusual. I am a child of artificial insemination. Right, Mom? Yes, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was not Confirmation. that... Confirmation. That was not weird for me. It was, like, <laughs> not a big deal. So I started looking at... Um, Profiles online and stuff like that, and then I and I, but I was really conflicted. Like, am I going to do this? Do I want to do this? Should I do this? Would I be good at this? Like, I feel feel like I would be a good parent, but I, I don't know. I was very conflicted, and so I'd ask all my siblings and my mom, like, should I have a kid? And they were like, I can't answer that question. I was like, fuck you. I'm asking you a question. Should I have a kid? And they were like, we can't answer that question for you. They were very pragmatic and laughed a lot, as my mother would do tonight (laughs) throughout the podcast. and meanwhile, I'm, like, looking at, at profiles online, and, like, now you think, oh. at the time, when I, when my mother used artificial insemination, they kept track of nothing. Like, it was race, religion, 
and it was a limited pool from whom they collected samples. But now it's like they collect everything. They collect pictures of the donor as a baby and handwriting samples. and Handwriting samples? Yes, you can see what the grown man's handwriting can look like. And so you can, I guess, discern from that that they potentially had some education or some grace or some style. Like if they have chicken scratch, maybe you don't want their kid. I don't know what what it's supposed to be. Um, there's letters from the donors saying why they're doing what they're doing, none of which say, like, I need to pay the rent. They were all very much like, <laughs> I believe in, you know, in helping women have their babies and whatever. So um, and this was sort of a fascinating, fun project to sort of, you know, fill your cart with sperm donors <laughs> online. And then, um, and then I had my youngest sister said to me on the... 19th time that I asked her if I should have a baby. And she said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you look forward to potty training? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? She said, I really fantasized about, like, sitting on the edge of the tub and reading uh, a book to my kid to, like, I, I really wanted those moments. Like, it was really, like, that's what I wanted. And I was like, well, that's just so terrible. <laughs> I want that at all. What's wrong with you? Um... <laughs> you can laugh aloud, Mom. It's all right. Um, that must have been autumn. It was autumn. Uh, no, I just think there's so few people who would become parents if that was the measure. Well, she is like she is of the earth mother. She mm-hmm. just is. She loves everything about it. There's nothing she doesn't love about it. She had her babies at home. She delivers babies. She delivers babies. Oh, she's a labor wow. delivery nurse, so she delivers babies all the live long day and night. And she's just very grounded and very sure about who she is and what she wants, which is in complete dichotomy to who I am, where mm-hmm. I'm just like, I have no idea who I am. Should I have a baby? I don't know. Should I do this? this? I don't know. Should I be vegan? Should I eat only meat? I don't know. Um, so uh, right around the time that I was doing this whole um, sperm shopping, um, my sister Jenny um, who is a real estate agent at the time was this was right when the real estate bubble burst and she really got slammed. She had two houses in, that she was flipping at the time in her name and she essentially short long story short lost everything and has had two children and so moved in with me for a year and a half. So God gave me a wife and kids <laughs> for a year and a half and I very quickly discovered that I couldn't do it by myself. That I barely saw the kids in my own house. Hmm. That I would go to work. Like, if I, if I got up to go to the gym, they were still asleep. By the time I came back, they'd left for school. <clears throat> By the time I came home from work, I might get lucky enough to tuck them in. Um, and that I would have to keep the job I had in order to afford to pay somebody to raise my kids. That's amazing. And I, I just thought, that's, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not what I want to do. And I, had, I, had I met the right person at the right biological time, I might have a kid today. Hmm. But I didn't, and um, and now Chick and I, Chick, who is a T.J. McClure, who does all of the amazing portraits and is co-producer of the podcast, he's transgender, and he and I have talked about potentially fostering, like a gay or transgender kid, particularly an older kid that yeah. has lost home, their home, their family, their parents because of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's possible. So I could become a mother. Ooh. Stay tuned. The end. Yeah. Be amazing. That makes me excited. That idea makes me very excited. Back to that chapter, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, Kristen Susson. Um, uh, Being a mother for me, 
was something I was always super duper excited about. Um, and I have never enjoyed my body more than when it was so pregnant. <laughs> wow. At every step. What? The minute I knew I was never sick. I was doing high kicks the whole time. I loved it. <laughs> you are blowing my mind Is that right, right now. Yes, I want to hear more. Like my mom thinks you guys are I like simpatico. Yeah. yeah. I loved it so much. And I think I've always had a bit of a contentious relationship with my body anyway. So suddenly I only loved it for what it was capable of. Wow. I loved every change That's and what so it looked powerful. like. It was extraordinary. I didn't expect that. Yeah. I didn't know that it would just be like, ha, ha, world had that. <laughs> um, I loved it. I can still, which might be creepy, uh, it's here. Uh, her legs and elbows and knees were always just right uh-huh. there uh, on my right rib. Um, and I love it. I, it's still so visceral. Um, so it was this great time. Uh so really loving my body. Child birth was a little wackadoo. I had her a month early. Um, but there again, I went to real hippie skippy classes. I was like, I'm going to do it natural. If you say so, Sikh lady. <laughs> if you say so, I'll do anything you say. And then I was immediately one of those people that were like, no, no, I would like the drugs. <laughs> so I was like, wait till you get an epidural. You're going to love it. So I did uh, do it because of the nature of things. And so I also had to have a C-section because she came early and they mm. couldn't induce. And David and I, my husband, just did bits the entire time. Oh I either God. was pretending to die suddenly. Oh, no. <laughs> the anesthesiologist wasn't a fan of them. Uh, or we were just chit-chatting and having a great time. And then they showed me my baby. Because you're just numb. Wow. Wow. So, then. Did they sit with a curtain up so you can see? They put see? the curtain up. And David made the grave error of looking over the curtains. <laughs> And he's squeamish anyway. Oh, my God. And he just blanched and sat back down and did more bits. And then after the fact, ages later, said, it was like you were a human pocketbook. And both <laughs> doctors had their arms so deep in you. Oh, my God. Stomach parts. Oh. And other parts of you were on a metal table beside the... Oh. <gasps> I'm going to say this. <laughs> I have no sense of which I may regret a little bit, but I also think I thought you were going to say bullet. he made the grave mis- mistake of doing puppets. <laughs> 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 so, out comes this tiny baby that I was madly in love with, and it was it all flowed very naturally. And she's a pretty dynamite girl. As she developed, you don't know who you're going to get. But you realize, oh, they're wired with a lot of stuff. We don't have to do so much. Um, and How David, old is she now? She's 12 okay. now. Uh-huh. And David used to say, oh, some babies don't have anything. And they exist in the wild and they survive. So she's got a <laughs> real leg up. With, with <laughs> and we, she did. Um, and so... In comparison to Mowgli. Sure, right? She's <laughs> no, there are so, so many Mowgli babies out there, too. <laughs> in his mind, for sure. Um, he just say no. Yeah. Day in the way. Um, but, so, we had this great baby, and she was real funny as she's grown up. Um, just crazy about her, and same interests, and fascinating to us. So lucky. We didn't have a, like, weird... Angry, I don't know what she'll become now, but <laughs> Just up until way. 12, she's been dynamite. Yeah, exactly. She's only 12. I know. Yeah. She uh, <laughs> so much fun. And then uh, I'll never forget her 
uh, she went through a real phase of wearing fake eyeglasses because she thought they were so cool. <laughs> so she had <laughs> a, what, a pile, eight, okay. seven or eight, yeah. and she just thought they were dynamite and had a pair for everything and wore them everywhere. That's and amazing. teachers were like, oh, dear, well, congratulations on your glasses. <laughs> she was like, thanks. <laughs> then she came to me at uh, about eight, late eight, and said, oh, I, I can't see very well. I said, you're full of beans. You just want more glasses. (laughs) But we went to the eye doctor, and lo and behold, she did need eyeglasses. And I remember uh, being struck like, oh, oh. I never had glasses as a child. David didn't. And I thought, oh, wow. Uh, She is not the perfect free-flying baby I had. She's got eyeglasses now. She'll always have to wear them. And I remember being struck by that and thinking, what will a tattoo be like? Oh, golly, all these things. But you quickly get over eyeglasses. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that she looks dynamite in them, and she couldn't have been happier. There was a brief moment I thought she's going to have that realization of, like, I can't see very well, and, uh-oh, these are forever. Mm-mm, never came. She was psyched, and she's still psyched. She can't wait to get new glasses all the time. So fast forward to her turning 11, and uh, we went away for spring break, and she was so tired. We were in Portland. We had this great B&B, um, Airbnb, and uh, she was so tired all the time, and she'd been tired. And I was like, you never go to bed at a reasonable hour. <laughs> and she was so thirsty. And I was like, good, finally, you're drinking water. And she was guzzling pint after pint of water. I thought, I'm doing a great job. I finally got it through to her. <laughs> but then she'd go 12 steps and be like, I gotta pee. Okay. So we'd stop and go to a bathroom, and then she'd guzzle more water, and then she'd go to the bathroom and guzzle more water. And we're like, wow, this is not any fun because it's really slowing our Portland travel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she was kind of just so lethargic. We went to take a great hike up in the beautiful wilderness, and she was not capable. We were in the parking lot, and she was just like, I can't move, I can't go on. And, all right, so we kind of went back early, and David and I did a cursory check online. What are these symptoms? Symptoms. And in glaring bold letters, everything is like, type 1 diabetes. Oh, my God. Textbook type 1 diabetes. And neither of us had any experience with it. Um, And... So we're like, oh, that's a bummer if that's what it is, but I'm sure she's just thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) So I made an appointment telling the doctor for when we got home and what her symptoms were. And I told my friend, Elisa, and and she was like, oh. (laughs) She was a teacher and immediately thought, type 1 diabetes, but didn't want to scare me. And we went to the doctor after school, and she had a cupcake from school. And I was like, maybe hold off. <laughs> Test your blood sugar. Let's just save it. She's like, okay. So we waited in the car. We went into the doctor. They did a little finger prick. And the doctor came back in, and she was fantastic, but was pretty solemn. And laid the diagnosis. I'll cry. So we should have tissue. <laughs> laid the diagnosis of type 1 diabetes. And, of course, Harper doesn't know what that means quite and she tries to explain. It's nothing you've done. It's an autoimmune disease. Um, you know, you will forever have to give yourself insulin until it's cured. And your life is going to change. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Thank you, lady. You're welcome. Yeah, and she's a pretty together gal. So it was fascinating to watch this big news land on this tiny person. And she just kind of shut her eyes and turned her head and absorbed oh, it. Oh, God. Well, 
Uh, Help yourself the to doctor was very gracious and lovely, and I thought, well, this is going to be tricky because now we're going to have to go home and really sort out. She's like, oh no, you you have to go straight to Children's Hospital. They've got to get her blood sugar down. Oh my God. Jesus! They're, we're calling Wait, get her a bed immediately. Wait, and she was at this point? Mm, uh, eleven, right wow. at eleven, and we, you know you've got to get her uh, to the hospital. So we did, and was David with you? Uh, no, but he knew, and so he was able to join us right. later. But it was such a fascinating, quick, like, okay, in the hospital, three nights, working to get someone's blood sugar in order, because they can't just yank it down. And this learning curve is you have all these educators come in and sort of say, here's how you use a needle, here's how you draw down, here's how you give insulin to your child, here's how you test their blood, you know, eight times a day. So the learning curve, too, was massive. And she was exhausted, and it, it was just this crazy ride. And everyone we spoke to said, look, it gets better. It seems your life will be 100% diabetes right now, um, but it will become second nature to you. And as you're bringing home all these syringes, and you're trying to time food, because there's a, a really elaborate wow. two-hour window where you can eat and dose, and you have to track Forever. When the insulin is meeting the, yes. Wow. And that realization happened in the hospital and was another kind of bonk on her sweet little head. But I've got to say, even at the hospital, as we were getting ready to go home, and she's like, I'm super hungry, which your body's been starving because you can't get glucose to the cells because huh. you have no insulin to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then had to quickly, you know, get food in and you're... You're wildly hungry beyond any hunger you've ever experienced. And so we're saying, hold off, hold off. We can only give you this much food. Um, and, and running down to the, you know, cafeteria to get food and da-da. Fast forward. Um, what happened to the cupcake? The cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> that cupcake was oh sort of weird and darkly just sort of pushed in the back seat. Like, I'm sorry, Mama, not now, but... In the future, we will cupcake it up. <laughs> I also had no idea what we could have, and one of the best parts was at the hospital, they give you a pamphlet. Like, it's all about carbohydrate, because that turns into sugar. Right. Suddenly. Uh-huh. So there's that in your learning curve, too. And she looked at zero-carb foods that you could just eat without having to give it too much thought. Hmm. And she said, what? What? And she was looking at the pamphlet. I said, what's going on? What is it? She's like, do you know what they list under zero-carb foods? And I said, no, what? She's like, water! Coffee! And water! That's it! Mommy! <laughs> it's not a food! She's so hard. Oh, um, of course. <laughs> it's so awful. Why, why would they... That seems evil to have a, a zero... A zero. I know. But to have a zero-carb food column and they only put coffee and water? Yeah. Right. Well, just get rid of the column. Yeah, yeah. don't have that column. No. Don't do it. That's don't just, do it. That's mean. Don't do it. Yeah, it was that's crazy. That's not a column. And we learned some stuff. Cheese is magical. But... Um, <laughs> But fast forward how resilient, even in the hospital, I'll stay there for a moment, was that she looked around at Children's Hospital and just said, oh, I'm a lot better off than a lot of kids. Wow. So she had that so quickly. And we navigated needles and nonsense for a long time, and it was crazy. And now it is second nature. She doesn't, she says, I don't really remember life before it, and it's not so bad. Anytime someone's like, you are so brave. Because it does affect every meal she eats, and right. affects. Yeah. You know, you but it's so she doesn't even think about it. And now she has an insulin pump, so that navigates things, and a blood glucose meter she wears. Wow! Without complaint, it's pretty wild. 
Wow. Yeah. So is that was pump, our journey. Is, is the pump, it's something that's always inserted and like... Yeah, it's a little flexible cannula. So it's not oh. like... It, the needle does have to put it in, but you have to put it in, on every three days. And she like presses a button or something and mm-hmm. it gives it her... It kind of doses her, does, yeah. Does she move it from... Like does the area get sore to move and the she site. has to move it? Yeah, yeah, you have to rotate it. But she hasn't run into much trouble with it. And wow. just in terms of, I guess, motherhood, sort yeah. of what you expect, what you know, all the love you give. You don't know the ride you're going to take... Um, but it's fantastic. Even so, mm-hmm. even the hardship, it's only made me sort of admire her more. And, and I, I still am stunned by, you know, her ability and resilience. Yeah. yeah. And she still wants more glasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. That's my story. Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. Mm, I can't hero. believe. Yeah. Thanks. What a, a good huge, girl. Um, I can't believe the doctor just like told her. I know, but telling you first. I think it was, I think she had the sense, I think we went in with that knowledge, right. like we assume it's this. Right. So she, was she knew Harper you. wasn't in the dark. Ah, uh, got it. And she know, knew Harper quite well. Yeah. But yeah, as her pediatrician, so it was perfect, and I may have made it sound indelicate, but she was extraordinarily warm and crazy with her, so. It also crazy. sounds like it, she was in a critical situation at that moment so she couldn't mess around she couldn't mess around that's exactly right right. yeah and some kids present far more sickness (laughs) some pass out and are so Uh sick so she hadn't reached that point thank goodness but she she was rough oh god is that like a typical age for it to yeah babies can get it so in a weird way (laughs) she was at a place where she was super conscious of what was happening Mm -hmm. and could help herself in many yeah, ways yeah. and articulate what was she was feeling. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it wild. But it her. can happen, and even adults can sometimes get type 1. But it's it, it's more, they call it a, a juvenile diabetes wow. often. And she'll never weird. outgrow it. No. no. They, and they're trying to track what it is. If it's an autoimmune disease where they're killing beta cells, your body's getting something wrong. Huh. So you're, um, uh, you're killing that in uh, your pancreas, or you just have defective beta cells. They haven't quite decided, but they're chasing a cure, so. Overall, like, that's the case of all type 1 diabetes, or, okay. Yeah, yeah, so they just don't know where the malfunction is. Is there anybody in either yours or David's family that has had Not a soul. Type 1. Yeah, so that was the weird, yeah, it was fascinating, and that's how it happens, I think, with a lot of families, unless... You have it, and your children do have a certain predisposition. Right, right. Um, so, what can remarkable. she eat? Can she never? Uh, well, that's the trick too. Coffee and water. Coffee and water. To her husband. Um, uh, now she can have a cupcake, easy breezy. She just has to dose for it, and she's learned for diet. You don't want to just have a ton of sugar all at once. You have to balance it with some, you know, protein. God, I wish I had had that as a kid. I should have had type one diabetes. I used diet than any as a kid fantasize about getting diabetes because I'd be skinny. Which is, <laughs> oh my god. Like so stupid because A, I was actually a skinny kid but I was like, <laughs> I want to get one of those illnesses that forces you to be healthy yes. so I'll be skinny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a wasting disease. It's crazy. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Has she learned during this last year um, how certain foods make her feel? Yes. That's awesome. And she's super tuned in That's to awesome. how food makes her feel. What a gift. I know. Yeah, I said, Harper, so you've got a leg up on everybody. Because yeah. I'm barely learning this knocking on 50. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Me yeah. too. 
Yeah, so she's she's got all that knowledge, and it's fascinating. You can't eat anything you want. That's people are like, you've had too much sugar. You can't eat sugar. You can. You just have to be mindful of how and when you dose. Because in movies, they're always giving people juice when they're right. Having that's right. Well, and, and she, she does. Eating, like steel magnolia. Steel magnolia. Yeah. 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 yeah, I know. <laughs> Chelsea, drink your juice. Yeah. Drink the Shelby. Shelby, drink your juice. Shelby, drink your juice. And she does kick back some Starburst when she has to get it back up, yeah. which seems like a crazy joke. The kids at school were like, I wish I had diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> and what about, does she, so the, the, the glucose monitor yes. that you're saying she wears, is mm-hmm. it like a little tube that you see? That The tube is only on her pump. Oh, okay. And that, it's very funny. Again, like diabetics used to be real shy about it. So you tuck it up and hide it. Uh-huh. Now diabetics are like, look at my tooth. Right. <laughs> it's remarkable. Like she would weird. test her blood like <laughs> in restaurants with no oh, that's so awesome. sense of that awesome. shame or it's fantastic. Uh, the glucose monitor just looks like a little plastic pod that's taped on. Oh, it looks like a Fitbit or something. Yeah. Exactly. And is there an effect sugar. on like her ability for to to do any kinds of activities or anything like None. that? None. They're that's, elite athletes with it. That's amazing. Is it Joe Jonas has it? Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty well, sad. <laughs> yeah, so it's remarkable. They really do say wow. you just have to be navigating, you know, what your activity level is going to be and all that stuff. And how was David with all of it? If you can say extraordinary, yeah. yeah, crazy. And he had just left his longtime executive fancy job, um, and it, that couldn't have worked out better. It had happened just prior to that on purpose. So yeah, he could be a part of it. So this. he and I, because initially we had to go into her elementary school twice a day wow. to give her shots. Oh, my gosh. Because legally their nurse could not do right. it. Oh, my gosh. So we right. had to do it. That's so He's convenient. not great with needles. He was at first like, no, no, no. I mean, he's a squeamish man. But um, then now, now he's a pro. He doesn't care at all. He loves it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. All right, Michelle. Michelle. Um, It's funny because I was listening to Mary Jo say, like, you you sort of always, when you were younger, thought, like, oh, I need to, like, have this person and then be married to this person. Right. And then to start a family or whatever. And this is, like, kind of... Like at the crux of like this this whole thing I'm going through right now, oh, wow. where it's like I'm I'm realizing how very captive as women like we have been socialized to be. Like it's just like we've had in our minds. Like if you want to have a family, you need a man, mm-hmm. and you we're like. The reality really is, like, they're the ones that need us. Mm-hmm. To, like, I could go and, like, get pregnant tonight if I wanted to. <laughs> like, and just not ever tell that person I just met or whatever. Like, And um, so it's it's crazy to me that, like, it's just been a given mm-hmm. um, that, like, that's what it would be. And so I, I found that really interesting because part of why I'm having realizations like that is because raising two girls, like, I'm just constantly thinking of how to empower them, how to break open, you know, all of those walls and boxes and boundaries and, like, make them feel like they can be whoever they want to be. They can change who that is. They can just, they can decide, you mean, this can, this can evolve, that it's like, there are no rules, there are no right and wrongs, and 
just for them to feel like they don't they don't have to fit into a box mm-hmm. of what being like a good little girl is or something, you know. Um, so because I spend so much time thinking about that, <laughs> I, I find myself like constantly turning it back on myself. And I'm like, am I doing that for myself? Am I allowing myself, you know, that that level of evolution, that level of openness and stuff like that. And what's crazy that I never expected is Becoming a mother, I have I have evolved more in the last six years as a mother than in my prior uh, entire like adult life, you know, which was much longer than six years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's just that was something I never ever expected. Like I think, without really thinking about it, I sort of unconsciously thought that when you become a mom you're sort of, you're then, you're, there's like a stasis. Like you're, then you just, then that's just what you are. And you don't, you're just static from that point. Right, right. And you're just like raising your kids. You know what I mean? And you got no dreams, no yeah, hopes, no wishes. Exactly, right. exactly. It's just about your kids from then. You got your jobs and you, and you feed your kids and raise them and stuff. And it's just like, I can't even compare the, the amount of growth and evolution, I should say, that I've gone through since becoming a parent. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then something that, that Kristen was saying too, um, which I find hilarious. Mm-hmm. You were saying, you never left your body as much as when you were pregnant. Yes. And you're like, no. Well, I just instantly <laughs> thought, I never left my body as much as the moment I was no longer pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, <sighs> literally, especially with my second one, I was like, the second she was born, I was like, I don't have to pee. I have to pee. In the wow! Right? Like, I was like six hours went by. I was like, I still don't have to pee. You know? <laughs> like, I feel amazing, but I, I think in the beginning, so I, I enjoyed like the changes, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But I was so, I was just, I had so much, um, I had so much morning sickness. Oh yeah, and um, and was just miserable. And then I was so uncomfortable. And then it's like you have these stabbing vaginal pains like later in pregnancy <laughs> and you're just like uncomfortable with my second one I was like I just didn't feel like I have as I had as much support internally Ooh, and so yeah. then I was like oh my god she feels like she's gonna fall out and like <laughs> I was just like I was a miserable pregnant like oh. I I'm sure Jim can attest to this like, <laughs> I was <clears throat> not a happy pregnant my births however went great and and then this is what's funny is like I feel like the two things that I did not really know to expect going into motherhood is that one, like a total loss of control. Like there's, there's now this thing, like who's another living human being Mm -hmm. and who has a mind of its own needs of its own and stuff like that. And, and from, from the moment you're pregnant and, and, and also like for me, like the big thing was the moment I was going through childbirth, like, you just relinquish all this control. And so if you're a person who happened to like control, it's like you I don't just, know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really it's really um an interesting exercise. I feel like this is part of why 
I started, maybe all moms feel this way, but it's like why you start going through so much change and evolution. I had a mommy and me teacher actually who mommy and me, which I thought I'd never do. It It was actually like an awesome, awesome thing. But this incredible psychologist, she was saying how there are actually very few things in life that can make a a human create more brain cells past like adolescence. We just stop creating them, new ones. And she was saying becoming a mother is actually one of the few things. And she said this is actually not the case. You mean that when you're pregnant, you you create more brain cells? Not when you're pregnant. It's like that the activity of motherhood. Wow. Actually makes you create like it makes your brain grow. Wow. And that's. Yeah, and so and now I want to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the cliches say the opposite. Like, right. oh, you're wrung out, pregnancy brain. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it is. Yeah, I love that. It's true. I mean, you also multitask in a whole new way. Yes. But it's it's crazy. But the um, so the the relinquishing control thing, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> and then um, the other thing is just like that. I was not expecting was. I I completely, I I started to fight for myself in a new way. And I think it's, again, because it was like, you're fighting for this tiny human whose life you're responsible for. And you suddenly, all these things that I cared about so much my whole life, namely being everyone knowing I'm a nice person. I think I always (laughs) cared about that more than anything. Like, I would be the person literally like in, in like, like a waiting room waiting to test for a pilot or something with like these five other women and I'm the one like making sure everyone's okay (laughs) making sure everyone knows I'm nice I'm cool (laughs) I'm not threatened by you and I'm also not going to try to make you feel threatened like who cares like just get there and do your job like who you know and so I stopped caring so much that everyone knew I was a nice person in favor of fighting for my kid or just speaking up for my kid or whatever. And then again, that ended up like I reflected that back on myself and was like, am I doing this for myself? Like, <laughs> am I standing up for myself in ways that I should? Am I speaking up for ways, you know, in, in ways that I should? That's and, amazing. Well, it's so great. I'm yeah. still learning it now. I mean, and it's literally, it could be, it's things with, you know, it could be work. It could be my voice creatively and the things I want to, I want to put out in the world. It's also just like, you know, minor things like dealing with my family or my in-laws and like putting my foot down in in ways that I never would have before because I just wanted to be easy yes you know I want to be cool I'm groovy I'm I'm not gonna wreck the boat I'm not gonna whatever and what's crazy is I feel like all of that literally it didn't just start with motherhood it started like the moment I was becoming a mother because when Sylvie was when I was in labor with Sylvie Basically, like, at 36 weeks, they were like, oh, she, we think she's low birth weight. And so you're, we think your placenta is starting to degrade, and you're not going to be able to carry her um, to, like, 40 weeks. So um, she, and this was because, by the way, they were, like, the comparison of her, the circumference of her head uh-huh. is much larger, like, the ratio between the circumference of her head and the circumference of her belly fat is too great. Like, the, the difference is too great. And so they were like, that probably means she's not getting enough nutrition anymore from your placenta. So it's it's all going to the important places, her brain, her heart, and vital you know organs and stuff like that. And then belly fat's not that important. So it's going there last, and now we know like nutrition is waning. 
This may have been true. It also turns out she had a really big head. So. <laughs> Come on. Honestly, I swear. Oh, I, I swear. She actually had a huge head. <laughs> and, like, when I was delivering her, they act, like, my OB actually, like, sort of finally confessed this. I, I reread, like, her birth story the other night just to remember it. But she, like, kind of copped it out. She was like, well, she, she just has a really big head. <laughs> so, at 36 weeks, they were like... <laughs> They, my my one doctor who put her hand in my vagina was like, she was like, you're you're uh, you're already two centimeters and you're eighty percent effaced. And I was like, oh my Why? god, this is like thirty six weeks. So she's like, but you know, if you don't go into labor by thirty nine weeks, we'll induce you at thirty nine weeks because we just there's no reason for her to be in there longer than that. We need to get her out and get her more nutrition. So I'm like, okay. But I'm like, I can go into labor in three weeks then. <laughs> two centimeters and 80% of face. Like, oh, and I'm like, so, so uncomfortable, as I have said. And like, hiking, like the hills. And stuff. <laughs> like, eating spicy food and bouncing on the, the, um, the yoga ball. Jim and I are having like the most awful uncomfortable sex like, <laughs> it was just like it was it was so awful and I could not go into labor so I'm finally like I go in to be induced and the second you show up for an induction you're showing everyone your vagina like and like interns and residences are coming in because Cedars is a teaching hospital and my OB was a teaching doctor they're coming in and they all need to apparently give me cervical exams sure. <laughs> like, that. like oh. it was just it was so ridiculous. And then from the moment I got in there and was admitted, they were like, oh, well, you have high blood pressure today. They were like, you, you're probably preeclampsic. You probably have preeclampsia. Whoa. And I was like, I haven't had preeclampsia. I haven't had high blood pressure this whole time. They're like, well, you do today. So we got to keep an eye on you. You're probably going to have to go on magnesium, uh, magnesium sulfate, which apparently I was like, what are the side effects? They're like, really nothing, which apparently the side effects are that you feel fucking awful. Oh, <laughs> you man. cannot get out of bed. My sister was like trying to tear her skin off when she was on magnesium. <gasps> I know. And so, and I was, my plan was to do that, do it without any pain medication, but you have to be in bed if you're on magnesium too. So it's like to try to cope with the pain and not be able to get out of bed is like Our impossible. Grief. Yeah. So they end up, the interns and residences end up being up my ass, like, all day. Literally. Yeah, I, literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally. And then, No wonder you have high blood pressure. I know. <laughs> There's only so much a lady can take. Um, but they were, because they, they kept on all day, they were trying to put me on magnesium, and I was, like, trying to, you know, keep it off. So... Then um, I'm going through all these weird steps of induction. Like they they put me on pitocin. They my my cervix was already soft. So I didn't like a, need, need a cervical ripener. These are really awesome words. Oh, I know, but I know. Ripener, <laughs> yes, just getting nice and ripe. But um, and then uh, and then they came and uh, inserted a Foley balloon into oh, my cervix, man. which is like basically a balloon that they then. They put in your cervix and then they inflate it with air, mm -hmm. and that helps stretch you open. Did that feel hideous, by the way? It actually was not bad because my cervix so was so right. It was so bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love this balloon. It's just like a mango. It was so soft. <laughs> um, so then after the Foley bloom comes out, the, the nurse was like, well, the next thing in your doctor's orders is um, we're going to break your your." membrane we're gonna break your mm -hmm. your waters and I was like oh oh no 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 we're not doing that we're not doing that and they're like yeah that's the next thing the doctor's orders I was like okay well I'm saying you can't do that wow so I was like and Jim was like holy shit like what's going what's, what's she doing what's going on like, what, what? and I was like yeah no because it's not going to help things move along necessarily 
And, like, I had done a lot of research because, like, you know, I was, like, being super crunchy about it. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, it's not necessarily going to help move things along. And then 24 hours later, if I haven't given birth, you're going to say, I'm going to risk infection. Now I have to do a C-section and blah, blah, blah. So we argue and argue about it. And then... I can't believe they argued with you. I know. It's your fucking baby. I know. And the nurses are, like, well, no, it's... We are because it's in the doctor's orders. They're, like, pointing to it, like... Oh, like, we are. It's going to happen because it's right here. Would, would not, said, well, this, well, let's talk I have to the since doctor. learned this is very much in the Cedars culture. That's right. Uh, yes. I knew I've, that I've learned in. this. Yeah, I learned this from a doctor who came from Cleveland Clinic, who came in to, to Cedars as an admin. Was like He was like, no, the culture at Cedars is very much like the doctor is right, and yep. you do what the doctor wow. says. And it's he's like, it's And crazy. keep it moving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, because so, they're busy. You know, they got life to lead. They it, want they exactly. want you to see that, that, that golf ball's not gonna hit itself. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so so my my OB finally comes in and was like, um, yeah, we're we need to um break your sack of waters. And I was like, No, because of these reasons. And I argued with her and then she was like, Okay, I'll um how about I'll I'll come back in an hour and if it's you know, if or she's like, I'll check you now. And if you're five centimeters, I'll I'll give you another hour. And I was Good like, um, okay. Give me nine hours if that's what I want. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So she checks me, and I will say this: she did. Her point was that this is a this is an induction for a medical reason. It's right. not an induction that's elective. So she's like, I'm I'm making choices based on delivering this baby safely, you know. So she was like, that's that's the difference. And I was like, okay, but like the pitocin is working and things are. Things happening. are picking up. Like, yes. let's just keep going with that, with the Pitocin. So so she was like, okay, I'll check you. Um, if you're at least five centimeters, I'll give you an hour, blah, blah. So God bless her. She was the only one there with her hand in my vagina. And she told the truth. She was like, you're four and a half, maybe? She's like, you stretch to five? Ah. She's like, God, it's so... And she literally was like, I can feel... She's like, I could like almost pop it with my finger. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so she, so she's like, okay, I'll give you, you know, another hour. She disappears. Two hours actually go by. My water still hasn't broken. I'm like, God, like I just, you know, I'm like walking the halls, whatever. So she then shows up again two hours later with like a show of force. Like she's got two nurses. She's got like three residents with her. They all come in. And she was like, I'm going to break your membrane. And I was like, I'm just not okay with it. I'm like, I'm not cool with it. And here's blah, blah, blah. So I'm sitting on the, on the birthing ball, the yoga ball. And Jim is like blanched. Like he's like, <laughs> does not know what to do because he's like, you just sat there sitting up straight on that ball fighting that. with her for like 20 minutes. <laughs> he's like, you're just like fighting with her and this like army of <laughs> medical personnel. I know, I know. I love it. I don't know where it came from except that I really was like, this is going to be the best thing. Like what, why are we monkeying so hard with this? Yeah. Like just let it happen. So she again was like, I'll give you one more hour, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, deal. And I was like, whatever, I'll take it. Just, I'm just thinking what, another hour, it's more right. time. Love so it. she leaves and um, and then the nurse goes, by the way, you can't walk around because your blood pressure is really high now. And so <laughs> you just need to stay in bed. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there goes me moving things along. Like, like I'm stuck in bed. So she's like, I suggest. And then there was a, there was a traveling nurse who was not a Cedars nurse there who was kind of like in cahoots Sabaco. with us. Yes. Yeah. And she, was, she would say things to us like, 
well, you know, feel free to take part in your own delivery. Like, oh, yeah. she, was, she was awesome. Her name, <laughs> nice. was, her name was Michaela. Um, <laughs> but she she was like, I suggest you, you know, close the, the blinds, turn down the lights, and just, like, get in touch and, get in, like, just meditate. And I was like, dude, girl, it's the only thing I got. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. So we're, like, you know, closing the blinds and just, like, get into that place. And Jim is, like, pressing on these pressure points on my legs that the acupuncturist had marked with a Sharpie on oh my leg and stuff. <laughs> just, like, pressing on these. And we're just, like, trying to meditate or whatever. And literally, I kid you not, five minutes before that hour was up, Jim, like, leaned into my belly and started to sing a Sondheim song. He was like, something is stirring. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And there was, like, a thump, thump. And then my water just like broke, like the floodgates just like yes. opened. And I was like, wow. oh my God, oh my God, I think my water broke. And I start totally falling. So beautiful. It was, it was so crazy. It was all, it was like the pre-birth. It was like, the you know what I mean? I'm like crying. And then like insane pain just like, oh. just like because that water creates a cushion mm-hmm. and now there's just a head pressing on your cervix right. and it's the only way I could describe it to Jim later was like I was like it's like being electrocuted no it's like you're the lower half of your body being blown up over and over oh, no. and by now my pitocin level is so high because they have to increase oh. it every half hour right. otherwise it just kind of you know fades my pitocin is so high that my, I literally, it, it makes your contractions like harder, stronger, come more Bionic. frequently, and last longer. So yeah. I literally was having no breaks between contractions. Oh, wow. It was just constant like insanity. And they can't give you any painkillers at this point? I just you still, want I was so out. dumb. I, if I were to do this again, <laughs> and I, and, if I did do it again. If I, I did do it again with Clover, I did not have an epidural either, but she I didn't have Pitocin with her. So okay. in comparison to, to Sylvie's birth, like it was a walk in the park. Wow. Like I admit in between contractions, I'm like having conversations and making jokes. I was like, this is not bad, you guys. <laughs> and with Sylvie, I was like, my eyes were sealed shut for two hours straight. I was like losing my mind. I wanted to just like, I couldn't even, Jim was like holding up my weight for some of the time. My my doula walks in finally because she we had not called her yet. So he, you know, he rushes to call her. She's stuck in traffic. She comes in and I can't even see her. I just hear her go like, Cheryl Baker. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. And, and then she was totally helpful, helped me get through like the last hour. It was like two bad hours like that. And then, I say bad, but like, you know, good, you guys, good. (laughs) (laughs) But so, finally, I I get to the point where I was like, I'm hearing myself make animal sounds, literally. Like, I don't even know it's me. And then my doula is like, a nurse walks through. She's like, can you check her? I think maybe you should check her. And... Thank God she said it then, because she I probably was ready pr- before that. Yeah. You know? But the nurse was like, oh, we're, we're going. You're ready. Let's go, you know, whatever. And so I just, again, my eyes, I cannot open my eyes because it's like sensory overload. But I, I hear all this plastic coming in mm-hmm. and like just things being wheeled and whatever. And then I hear the nurse hang up the phone and go, okay, you're, um, you're, your OB wants you to wait till she gets here for you to start pushing. And I, and I start, like, laughing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I am not waiting. Because <laughs> like, it, it's so hard to not push when you're trying to just get sure. labor to progress. Like, you just you want to do something. And instead, for labor to progress, you have to, like, relax. You have to, like, mm-hmm. let go. But you're like, you want to just be like, 
you know. And so what? Control. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Please give me just a little bit of control (laughs) in this moment. Oh, it tastes so good. So so I, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, like Jim's on one side of me, my doula's on the other side of me. Someone will catch this baby if it comes out. Like I am pushing. And so like on the next contraction, like I push just like a little and it feels so good. Oh my God. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And so... She gets there, you know, soon enough. Like, she doesn't miss anything. It was fine. That was pushing. <laughs> and then, like, after, like, a half hour of, of the, and the pushing was, like, the best part. It was, like, the most fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's, like, far less painful and stuff. And, and I, all of a sudden, I just remember feeling, like, my vagina burning. Like, I felt like a burn. And I, I had heard before of something people call the ring of fire. And I was like, oh, this is good. This means, like, any Someone's second. Coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I felt that. And it was like, oh. And then it was like, oh. <laughs> and she, it was like the second she was born, it was it was just, like, so easy and amazing. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, she just... She, I just felt like the two of us together, her coming into the world, it was like us both being like, on our terms, you guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to call it, we're going to whatever. And I feel like I've been learning that lesson from both of my kids, like from that day. Wow. That's so fabulous. Did you have your second baby somewhere else? I, so I had, good question. I had my second baby at Cedars, but with a different person delivering. I had a midwife. Ah. And, um, and this midwife I had heard of, but didn't want to change doctors like midstream with my first one. So she's the first midwife to ever be, um, granted privileges at Cedars. Uh-huh. Debbie Frank, are you yes. thinking? Yeah. Yeah. And she, by the way, applied for privileges about 30 years before they granted them yeah, to her. Jesus Christ. And wow. she was so the nauseous. first midwife to be granted <laughs> private so privileges cool. at Cedars. And wow. she was, like, amazing. She's, she was completely, oh, my God, she was incredible. I mean, Clover's birth was, like, in, amazing and just, like, enjoyable and lovely in every way. And that was, like, largely in part to, to Debbie Frank, mm-hmm. I think, you know. But... Yeah, it's weird. I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't, I also didn't mean to, like, I was not planning to, like, come and, like, have this be a story about actual childbirth. No, it's great. <laughs> it's about, and I love it. It's such an important And, lesson. you know, I have I to say, it. like, there is, there is and will always be a part of me that will be sad that I have never been pregnant, which mm-hmm. is not the reason to have a kid. Mm-hmm. But that I, that I will not experience that makes me sad, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I think it's, it's the last remaining miracle on the planet. If you made a person inside of you. Like, that's, that's a miracle mm. that we all can do that. And that mm. I didn't tap into that, that's a bummer. I don't know if it's cold. Bummer is wrong word. I don't know if it's cold comfort, but I sit here and listen to you say that, and I'm like, ah, it's not all that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and I do feel like it's grades of it as of well. Course. Because I didn't have that amazing birth mm. that you did. Mm. And, and I went in wanting that, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I quickly relinquished control uh-huh. which is all, you have to but i'm also that's my game so i've learned a good lesson because i feel like if a doctor came in and said hey have this cyanide tablet it's going to help your birthing <laughs> i'd be like thank you doctor <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to hear that i better uh, advocate and stay on it that's i so swear cool. though i, I swear Love i learned this shit from my kids though i swear yeah. What I really do. Things. Well, and don't you feel like just in general, like you see them, you see these tiny humans being mm. incredibly brave mm-hmm. every day, and you're like, 
uh, maybe I should do that. Like, maybe I should be brave. Maybe I should take risks. And Like, I seek out risks on a daily basis now. Fantastic. And it's totally because of my kids. Because they just, like, that's attack amazing. life with a sense of adventure, you know? And I'm like, oh, that seems like a good idea. <laughs> you know? So, Sylvie the other day was like, she's like, I want to jump out of a plane. I want to go skydiving. And I was like, me too. Let's oh. do it when you're 18. <laughs> Mother, hello, hello. <laughs> okay, so motherhood was my dream from the time I was tiny. I wasn't a kid that thought about some handsome man. I figured I needed a man, <laughs> although as it turned out, well, anyway, we'll get to that part of the story later. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, at age 12, I was still playing with dolls. By 13, I was babysitting anybody that I could possibly babysit because that was, children were my life, uh. and children still are my life. Now they're my grandchildren. <laughs> but um, when I was... Uh, and by the way, you got an education, and you... Oh, yes, I knew that before I would have children, I would get educated. I'd have a way of supporting myself um, and my children. Good thing. (laughs) 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 Um, So, but pregnant women, I called them lucky ladies. And I wanted to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. I loved being pregnant. <laughs> I loved it so much, I did it five times. <laughs> wow. And would have done it more. And I would have done it more, yes. When I was young, I loved the movie uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wished I could goodness. have the dozen, but, well, okay. <laughs> um, We're only human after all. But to my great disappointment, I had a really hard time getting pregnant. And um, my uh, at the time, they chose to, maybe they still do this, I don't know. They chose to check the man first, and it turned out that he was uh, lacking sperm cells. At least that's what they said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, And we were both, at that time, um, teaching at at the State University of New York at Stony Brook um, in the psychology department. And my dad was a physician, and so I talked to my dad, and I had spoken with my husband, and we decided that, uh, number one, I wanted to be pregnant. Number two, he said, um, my husband said, it would be better if at least you had the baby, so we won't adopt, which was the other option. Uh, we will do artificial insemination, which in 1967 was a little bit weird. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was so weird that it was a secret. We mm-hmm. didn't tell anybody. My dad knew. Eventually, I think my mom knew. Um, I'm sure my mom knew eventually. Um, and so... Um, my first three children were conceived by artificial insemination. And um, 
after, and at that point, we were definitely getting into the hippie de department. <laughs> and we were living in Long Island in a two-acre zoned area where we were burying our marijuana in a jar in the backyard. <laughs> So we just I didn't know that. I love that. That's amazing. To hide it. Or to ferment it. And we, and we you were, did that to hide it? Yeah. 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 And, that is um, fantastic. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. And, I didn't know that, that detail. <laughs> and we, um, <laughs> we had started a an alternative preschool, which the children called Happy Herman. And after a couple of years of that, we opened our home to community. And so then we decided, you know, this is crazy doing this in Long Island. We we got to move. So we packed up, went on the road, and uh, in, in a bus. A, it, no, not oh, in not a bus. Yet. We were, not we in the bus were in a van. Uh, <laughs> our babysitter was with us. Two dogs, three children in a van and a pop-up trailer. When we got to <laughs> wow. upstate New York. <laughs> The children got chicken pox. So, oh, so, oh, I have oh. distinct memories. How, of that. Man, how old so, was Mary Jane? I was five. Yeah. Or, yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, because Ian was one. Right. Yeah, so there were wow. one, three, and five year olds, two dogs, oh. and three adults oh. in this very cramped space. Wow. I remember and, getting socks, safety pin, you safety pin socks to the uh, cuff of my. Pajamas. So oh my And we, you know, ended up in a motel in a, a couple motel, of nights yeah. so I could bathe them in the, you know, in, in the tub. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I just remember laying in that dark hotel with the drapes drawn during the day, like if the drapes were closed, just right. to be dark. And Mary Jo, sorry, is your tell mother. my story. Oh! <laughs> Speaking of control. <laughs> So, uh, so we we wended our wended our way across uh, the country. And we ended up uh, in, I think it was Phoenix, Arizona, where we decided it's, oh no, hold on, let me back up a minute. Before the school bus was the Airstream trailer. We, we graduated <laughs> from, and I think we lost the babysitter then. She went back home and it was too much. <laughs> she was like, I'm done. And so, um, so then we had the Airstream trailer, still the two dogs and five of us, and uh, along we went. And then in Phoenix, in the back of the van, um, Mac and I took psilocybin mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and shortly after that, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, my God. The man who allegedly... <laughs> had no sperm cells. Oh I mean, they actually had done a biopsy on him and said, oh, no, you'll never have babies. Wow. So um, now uh, I needed something bigger than an Airstream, right? <laughs> <laughs> so oh we bought a 66-passenger school bus, <laughs> and we remodeled it. No. Now, while we were there remodeling it, we met another family, crazy family, uh, the... Uh, Robinsons. The Robinsons. Mm -hmm. um, and they also had dogs and kids. And, and a bus. A bus and. Do you have uh, photos, by the way, of all the. Like, I would love to see photos mm -hmm. of this bus. Yeah, we have photos I, of the bus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Website, you guys. Yes, we have stained glass windows oh, on the bus. Yeah. I have there to see this bus. There was a bathtub oh and gosh. a stove. In fact, I, you know, cooked turkeys on 
going up the highway one. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I kind of um, want to be Abby Cohen. I drove the school bus pregnant. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was fun, actually. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided, because my first three children were born in hospitals, and um, they, uh, you know, totally natural childbirth, of course. <laughs> what, what a hippie I was, right? Um, in fact, at the, in those days, uh, they wouldn't let your husband stay with you, even if you asked for a Tylenol. So... Once you went down that route, you could have no support other you than the hospital. Once you went down yeah, the drug route. Yeah. So, wow. Oh, how um, interesting. Yeah. That was then. That's so backwards. Uh, that's really wild. So, uh, so now I'm researching how I'm going to have this fourth baby, right? Because I don't want to do it in hospital. So I do some research, and I find that there's a doctor in uh, Marin County who will come to your home. and or your bus. Uh, and so I found out where he lived and we drove to a duck pond that was pretty oh. close to his house and we uh, we parked there and we waited right and while we were, now before we did this we I had some absolute talk about control <laughs> I had some very strict needs that is the, the bus had to have screens on it. I was not going to deliver in the school bus without screens. Oh my God, <laughs> I love it. The thought of flies on me as I'm delivering just wasn't up, I wasn't up for it. So <laughs> there was a big scramble, and the Robinsons helped us get everything together. Yeah, we caravaned with them. With them. Oh my gosh. Up the highway. And in the meantime, as we were in between all of fixing the bus up, um, we took side trips up into Northern California looking for land to buy because we were going to move in together mm-hmm. onto a piece of property, which we did find before I actually had my baby, or the baby, the fourth baby. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we went to, uh, we were parked at this duck pond, <clears throat> and one night... <laughs> There was a police action in the area, and uh, now understand that I wasn't burying marijuana anymore in the under the bus. <laughs> it was in the bus. <laughs> oh my God! And so the cops came to the our area. There were these two school buses. They're looking for somebody that's done something bad. And by the way, our oh bus was yellow school bus. The Robinsons bus was a dark hunter green blunt nose bus with caricatures kind of like um psychedelic keep or? on trucking oh. oh, the guy with the big thumb like yes. paints oh. it on the side of the bus so like <laughs> hello we're hippies right, right. Yeah, we right. Got it. yes <laughs> and so um so they came to the to check us out oh my gosh. and um i said just give me all the dope <laughs> and I stuffed it between my legs. Oh my gosh! And we had to give everybody, you know, the, everybody took their licenses out. And you know, my husband said, uh, "My wife's in labor in the school bus. Do you want to come in and check her out?" No, thank you very much. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, um, so that was an interesting story. Oh, that is genius. <laughs> And um, so then, uh, yes, the the doctor came to the school bus, 
and uh, we had the potbelly stove going in the back to keep the bus warm. Oh and um, <laughs> Mary Jo, and um, I think you were the only one of our kids yeah. that came in during the delivery, yeah. right? Oh, wow. And um, Mike Robinson's wife was holding a... <laughs> Floodlight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they could yeah, see what they see. were doing, right? And for and Mike, sh- who was owning the camera. And and Mike was filming. Wow. And, and Mac was there to help. My husband was there to help deliver the baby. And the do you doctor still have was that there. video, by the way? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. That's amazing. It was so actually made. I know. I that know. video <laughs> was made into a training film for midwives. Wow. Yeah. Later on um, by the doctor. Because it's the best lit they'd ever seen. Sure. Floodlight in a school bus. Mm -hmm. So there goes the light. Nancy (laughs) says, is is the light shaking, Mike? At one point, she dropped it, and it landed on my crotch. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So... um, that's a no, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. You know, Barbara came out okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! And um, and uh, oh. that was the story of Barbara's birth. Wow, that's amazing! You were really thinking on your feet that whole labor. Like, <laughs> I cannot. That is amazing. Yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty we easy labor. It was my fourth kid, so I was. Pretty loose. Which, by the way, when it's, yeah, yeah. And I like that, by the way, you were like, you, the whole thing with the flies, that you're like, I, well, the one thing I know I'm going to need are screens. Oh, yeah. Like, you're, you've been to... through this three times, and at that point, there are no petty requests. Like, you know. No, no, what's gonna, no. Absolutely. What's gonna be absolutely. And I had, you know, the experiences I had delivering in hospitals was, it was okay, uh, but it was nothing like delivering in a school bus and then my fifth baby was born on the living room floor in uh in the house that we wow. were in at the time in Willits where we eventually did move into a uh, hundred acre farm uh the two school buses and all the kids and dogs and <laughs> oh chickens, chickens cows oh. and whatever became of the bus I'm just curious out of a came of a the bus. Of the bus. The bus. Did, you, did you sell the bus? Did the, it, was it junk? The bus what happened ended up to with it? Johnny, didn't it? Yeah, it stayed on the land for a really long time, right. and then Johnny, I think Johnny took it, and I don't Who's know Johnny? what happened to it. Was, Johnny was, yeah. was Mike and, Mike and Na- Nancy's <laughs> brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nancy's yeah, brother. Yeah, it was very But this cool, is I mean, it's totally so hippie land. I love it so much. I just love, give me the dope. I know. I know. She knows right where it's going to go. Yeah. She's like, well, I knew that. I figured they're not going to come in and look under the sheets, right? Yeah. They want nothing to do with it. I love that you said Mary Jo is the only one of our kids. I know. That I was present. Yeah, yeah I don't like, think um, Kathy wasn't in there, was she? No, but at the end. The end, the, the... All of us came in. Yeah, well... Yeah, but... Yeah. They'd have to. It was their house. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Okay. So no. I'm on a bed here, and then, then there's a cage right here where my one-year-old sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's now yeah, almost two. He's padded, and it's like chicken wire windows. Oh yeah, because this was before seatbelts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dad was real crafty. Oh, my 
yeah. building all the all the uh, drawers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like for you? And what was it like for you, even just you know, not too long after that, to watch the like the the film of the of the birth? Like, was it for you? Was it like oh, this is amazing? Were you? Was it like? <laughs> it was awesome, but there's a cute story that goes with it. <laughs> My son. <laughs> My son, uh, so, okay, so she's delivered, right? And my husband comes and cuts the cord, right? Mm -hmm. Now, my son is four? How old is he? By the time he would have seen the video, we were in Yellow House number one, so we were probably, he was probably five at that point. So he's watching that, and he said, they cut off her penis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. Because that's what it looks like sure. from the, from the video, right? Right for a kid. Anyway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so no, it was wa- it was great. Oh, and did he really? Yeah, he ran out of the room. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, it that, freaked him out. Now so eventually he got used to it, right? As he got older, but <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah. It was such a different experience having my babies at home, whatever the home was, compared to. I mean, when I had Mary Jo. Um, the doctor and the anesthesiologist stood outside a glass window of the delivery room laughing at me. What? Because I would not take an anesthetic. And after she was born, I got up pacing, wanting her to be brought to me, and so they gave me a shot to knock me out. Stop it. Yeah, so I was really happy to have a baby in a school bus. Oh because gosh. when did they switch over from you were a hundred percent unconscious and everything was like a cesarean? Right, because I was no say, at that, that time. No, what they did was they gave you ether or something, and then they leaned on your stomach to <gasps> push it out. Oh my! That's and how and they forceps, pushed it right? out. And they yeah. stuck a forcep up yeah. there, and pulled it out. It was horrible. It's so awful. This is all, and and but prior to that, it's like we it was all midwives, and then like around the turn of the century, like they there was this right. whole campaign to like make midwives look like witch doctors because they were basically as like campaigning for hospitals. Yep. For hospital Money. Birth, you know? Yeah, money. And as money. doctors became more important, mm-hmm. so the men know how to do it. Right. right? Yeah. And the women don't know anything about this. About right? their so, own. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It really is. It really is crazy. And it's so funny that common denominator of just being tuned in. Yeah. That that's always going to make it a better experience. And by the way, the doctor, because it's on the video, I don't remember Mm -hmm. him personally, but the doctor was like, looked like a mountain man. He was just all (laughs) bushy beard. No, no, no. For the doctor. Oh, the doctor. Yeah. 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 Did he walk to you guys, or was it like, oh, I'm going to drive to the duck pond to deliver this baby? <laughs> no, he was, came to the duck pond. But was he, you said it was quite close was by close his to place. Where he like, lived. he must have loved that. Like, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like, it was kind of pretty shocking as I think about it, because I clearly traveling like that, I was not having monthly checkups with doctors, oh right? I was taking care of myself. I clearly had been pregnant before, so I knew, knew about what to do. Um, that he allowed me, you know, to be his patient was, uh-huh. I thought, pretty remarkable. Yeah. It really was great. My sister, mm-hmm. Barbara, the, the baby that was born, when if you leave a door open, if she, leaves, if, you, if she leaves the door open and you'll say, what's the door? Were you born in a barn? She'll say, no, I was born in a bus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love <laughs> it. Leaving doors open so people So much fun, it. yeah. And did you say she's one of the ones who are a labor and delivery? Yes. yes. Okay. The one that walks in backwards she's, for the epidural. Yeah. Wow. Now she's no longer. She now has her Ph.D. in nursing leadership, and she <gasps> is doing research. 
It's the yeah. psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which are now being used to treat all kinds of, you know, neurosis and did you know that? Wow, I, I did, did not know, know that. that. Psilocybin know that. mushrooms and LSD to treat manic depression. It's experimental, but really, it's some of my happiest experiences have been psilocybin mushrooms. Mm. There you go. Genuinely, like really happy. <laughs> well, I've that's never amazing. done them. And well, you know what else I've never done? Had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to finish up this with just, I was gonna, was not going to say anything because I've never had a child. I'm the third of four children. I was a cesarean. Um, but uh, my little sister was born vaginally, and I guess they don't do that anymore. That's unusual, If you've had a cesarean, yeah. they won't let you have another natural they, Now birth. they do. No, For, they there do. was a period where it they was like, if you've had one, yeah, they thought you would rupture or something like that. But it's like, no. It's actually safer to yeah. ha- still have a vaginal, even if you've. And my mom, I think, well, my dad wanted more. I don't know if my mom wanted more, but after Jennifer, she got Graves' disease. Uh-huh. There are all these pictures of her where she looks so thin. Oh. And, she, and the poor woman, she's like 5'4", and she had four giant children. And I think just having four kids, it, she was just like, I'm done. That's it. You've, you've, you've taken all you can. <laughs> you've kicked in a thyroid problem and no more. Um but I was just thinking about this, and it's the stupidest, dumbest story, but we were talking about whether or not you wanted to have kids and stuff, and um, I have no interest in having children. Um, I like the idea of being reliable and being there for somebody, um, and I know I have a long torso, so there's plenty of room for a child. <laughs> it's really a waste of my very long torso. It really is. I'd be one of those people who could be like eight months pregnant, you'd have no idea. Sure. This is true. There's so much room. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about this. Uh, I think when I was a kid, I sort of thought I'd have kids because, you know, that's what everybody does, right? Um, and I remember having a conversation with Jennifer, and I was about, I don't know, I, was, I, was, I think I was a junior or senior in high school, and bet- Jen and I have always been in the same school, and then when we went to high school, each one of us had about two to three years where we were basically alone, and we're a very f- close family, and so to be alone in high school, you had this real like, growth curve, like you, you were in public school all of a sudden, and... You're going through a real, you know, crazy age range. And so I'd always been kind of this, the dippy sister who sort of pretended to be less mature than I was, but also really naive. And Jennifer had always been at my same level or more mature. Um, <laughs> she is the person who taught me how to put a tampon in. Um, Are you serious? Yes. Your younger uh, sister? T- yes. That's amazing. Uh, so, but I had had a growth spurt emotionally in high school. So we got into the strangest thing. It was like one of the weird times where we decided to get fit and we went for some sort of walk around our neighborhood. (laughs) And I'm like 17 and she's 14 or something like that. And I don't know why, but we got into a conversation about whether or not either one of us would ever have kids. And Jen said, no, I'll never have kids. And I was like, why not? She's like, I'd be a terrible mother. I'd probably end up like beating my kids or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, no, you wouldn't. What are you talking about? She's like, Colleen, I have no patience for you. And we got into a screaming, <gasps> crying fight. Wow. About how Jennifer, I thought she'd be a good mother and she thought she'd be a terrible mother who beat her kids. I don't know why we felt oh, this was important. Oh my God. We never played with dolls. We never babysat. We were never people who, I, maybe we babysat once and only to play with the kids who lived up the street, super cool toys. <laughs> like we were, nothing about us was interested in like nurturing or taking care of young children or the simulation of that. Uh, 
But somehow I just, it upset me. And it was more about like Jennifer not thinking that she was a lovely, kind person, which she's probably the most mothering person a lot of people know. Um, she's the first person to be like, I sent something on this date and I have your birthday in my calendar. Like she's so, such uh -huh. a mom. Um, but anyway, in the midst of that fight, she, it, it came out like, which one of us is more mature and knows more about the world oh. and knows ourselves better. And she's like, Colleen, I know things you don't know. You oh. don't know. And I was like, oh yeah, like what? And she's like, Heather had an AIDS test. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister Heather. Yes, and so she announced to me oh. that if I was 17, Heather was like 20. So I guess Heather told her like, yeah, I got a, you know, an AIDS test because she was a sexually active 20 year old. <laughs> um, but it was the scandal thing oh to say. Oh my God. And Jennifer was right. If she had told me, the, the me that I used to be that, it would have been sobbing. It would have been like... That she had had an AIDS test? That my sister or that anybody I knew or loved existed in a world where they could be exposed to something oh. that would hurt them, uh -huh. that could kill them, that like... Oh yeah, she was more mature than you. Yes, that there was... <laughs> that the idea of like... But also should maybe have kids. <laughs> yeah, but, but the idea that like there's... You know, that's this scary thing that exists outside that kills people has penetrated the bubble of my life. And, but at the, the emotional place I was, I was like, okay, my friends have them. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I had friends right. who were sexually active who had AIDS tested. And it was such a, and then it was such a weird dissipation of the fights. <gasps> because it was like, oh, like the big bomb she dropped <laughs> wasn't a bomb. Uh -huh. And I was, and then it was just a realization of um, how much I'd grown up and, and how grown Jennifer already was. Um, but I will say she was the immature one because at some point in that fight she just hit me. <laughs> and then her form of fighting was to just make a weird blow at me oh. and then bury her head in my chest. <laughs> and I don't hit people except when people go BAM! And like, so then I just like whacked her back like three times. <laughs> so that happens. Um, but I guess the, the thing about <laughs> um would be that, like, yes, Jennifer and I probably will never have kids, unless we have foster kids, but I, as a control thing, I'd have to have all the money in the world to make sure nothing ever was ever something I couldn't provide, because there were points in my life where my parents were financially freaked out, and I, that stress was just too much for me. And then, also that I, uh, my sister's basically my child and my mother, and I'm her <laughs> child and her I was just thinking that as you were telling that story. Yeah. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, we're each other's. And my mother's also a great mother. My mom actually listens to this podcast. That's how good of a mother she is. Yeah, she's a great that mother. Is a good mother. <laughs> she is that a great is a mother, too. Mother. But as in, in our adult lives, uh, Jen is definitely my, yeah, she's just my mother. She's who I go to when mm -hmm. I need stuff. And Ian. Who yeah. <laughs> 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 thumbed up. Anyway, that's the end of our podcast. Should we do our little shameless plugs and go around and say our names and where you yeah. can find us? Kristen, like, where could you Social media or I shows you're doing? I am a very visual lady, and I am partial to Instagram mm -hmm. at Kristen Susson, C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N Susson. But you won't find so much there, but that's what I like. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just writing and doing, and Carrie and I just uh, re- Booted campus leaves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see oh, what happens, gosh. if anything. Yeah, it was really fun. Awesome. Bringing it to a modern day. That's awesome. There's a lot happening that's so different, and I'm a real 
older lady now. Where is it? Where 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 can one find it? Universal this? has it, so we have to pitch it out to the world. Okay. And hopefully someone will buy it. We'll Somebody who awesome. listens to this, buy it. Come buy on, it. don't you want it? I'm so yeah. happy to hear that. It was really Michelle, fun. where can people find you? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm like, I'm almost invisible on the internet. I, <laughs> I I do have a Twitter account, but I'm, I'm never on it. I think that one. <laughs> well, don't tell people about no, it. I, if you it's, okay. it's okay. I think that one is, like, every once in a while I'll go on there. It's I think it's at Mishno, N-O-H, and my C-H-N-O-H, um, at Mishno. And then, really, I'm, I am on Instagram, but but it's but it's a private account, so you can't see it. Um, but this actually it goes to the thing right. that you were saying, because it's a private account, because it's mostly my kids and stuff like that. So I've, I've kept it private, but lately I've, there, I have this incredibly long list of people who have requested to follow me mm. who I'm just ignoring. Oh. And I feel really bad about it because because Instagram is something different to them and I think they're like, what is her problem? Why won't she just let me follow? In your bio, I have children I don't want you to see. Well, I, I don't, it's like... I think what I might do is I might turn that one into a public account and archive those photos and and like start a new start one that's, that's private for the kids stuff because this is it's really just it's it's mainly family stuff right. you know um, but I'm if, you want, if you want if you if you want a request on that one maybe I'll accept you one day <laughs> that one is currently at Mish Cash C A S H. Um, and I thought I had absolutely nothing to plug, but I guess I do. I'm supposedly in uh, an upcoming Netflix film called Ibiza, starring Gillian um, Anderson. Uh, no, that would be a Jillian. She's Jillian, a Gillian. Oh, right. Gillian, Gillian uh, help me, Jacobs. Is that right? I just I can't believe I'm blanking in this moment from Community and stuff like brilliant. Community oh yeah, characters. Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and a couple other lovely people who, um, <laughs> but, and, and Michaela Watkins, basically it was like Michaela Watkins going, um, I come to Serbia with me for, um, a week to Serbia. Yeah, yeah. She was like, I've already negotiated a companion. Come with me to Serbia. And I was like, okay. And she was like, well, if you're going to be there, you're a local hire. Let's get you a part in the film. And I was like, okay. And she <laughs> the director. And that's literally why I am in that film. That's I'm fantastic. Not they were lucky to have It was yeah. so fun. It was so fun. That's and I turned so 40 in Serbia. That's oh, awesome. Whoa. That's super cool. All right, Abby. Where can people find you? Oh, <clears throat> I'm Little Mima. Yes. L-A-L-M-E-M-A. Right. Yeah. On Twitter and Twitter. On Twitter. Are you on Insta? Well, Instagram, yeah. At Lil Mima? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And my my work right now is political activism. Yes. there you go. Look for her at your nearest march. This Saturday. Yes. This Saturday. Yes. Yes. Not your Saturday. Yes. going? Not your Saturday, but no, the, the Saturday, Saturday. Saturday coming up for us. Uh, my name's Colleen Smith. I'm at Colleen Smee on Inst- or Twitter and Colleen Marie Smee on Instagram. Ian is at Ian Screams on both. Right. And Chick is at T Chick Photo on Twitter and Instagram. And you are? I'm at Mary Jo LA. On Twitter, at Mary Jo underscore LA on Instagram, which I'm never on. I've probably <laughs> friended you, but I would never know that you Had didn't friend me. Like, uh, I wouldn't know it. either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm on Facebook at Mary Jo Smith, which is a public account. Help yourself. I don't care about um, these. Everybody's like freaking out about these um, Facebook. Um, yeah. What? 
Don't get it started. I'm just saying, I've never been on it. I've never been on it. I just think it's hilarious that people all of a sudden are like, oh my God, there's no privacy on Facebook. Like, oh my God, rain is wet. I know. Thank you. That is exactly. Sorry. The website is oh. at myfirsttimepodcast.net, <laughs> which is spelled out. You'll find pictures and bios. Yes. And uh, post episodes. Also, we're on Facebook. And There's lots iTunes. Of fun. And, and iTunes. SoundCloud. And SoundCloud. And um, we're going to try to be better about posting pictures that are reference points, like of like the, the Rainbow Bus. bus and yes. The bus, please. On uh, Facebook. So check us out there. Thank you so much to our guests. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Now you can talk about it. Sorry.